0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Way out devotional. Look back in it again. And I'm titled this series called The Invitation. I'm talking about in Revelations the seven churches, the letters from Jesus to the seven churches and you got to understand that these seven churches, it was specific. It was seven specific churches, but it's relevant to us today, to the churches today. But I'm going to break it down even further than that. Not just the church, like the church you go to, but I'm talking about the body of Christ. We are the church. So these letters are to us personally. So we need to stop, look, and examine ourselves as we read these. But not just examine ourselves, because there's correction, there's rebuking, there's encouragement. There's things that we need to work on, we need to identify But man, too many times we allow the discipline or the correction to push us away from Jesus when he says, no, it's an invitation to come deeper in with me. And so that's why I've titled this The Invitation. And so I'm on the third church, the church of Pergamum. And so I'm going to read it and then I'm going to break it down. So this... He says, write this letter to the angel of the church of Pergamum, this verse 12. This is the message from the one with the sharp two-edged sword. Remember that. I know that you live in the city where Satan has his throne, yet you have remained loyal to me. You refuse to deny me even when Antipas, my faithful witness, was martyred among you there in the city, uh, Satan's city. In other words, he, that's his commendation. But y'all are doing good. I've seen some faithfulness in you. I've seen you remain loyal to me, this and that. Well, here comes the rebuking and, and the correction. Verse 14, but I have a few complaints against you. You tolerate some among you whose teaching is like that of Balaam, who showed Balak how to trip up the people of Israel. He taught them to sin by uh, eating food offered to idols and by uh, committing sexual sin. In a similar way, you have some Nicolaitans among you who follow the same teaching. He says, repent of your sin or I will come to you suddenly and fight against you with the sword of my mouth. This church right here, I would break it down saying it's the church that compromises or it's the individuals that allow compromise to come in their life. And so to break it down a real quick you know, each church, Jesus describes himself in a specific way that's going to relate to the, his specific correction and encouragement to this specific church, to specific people. And so here he is, he describes himself as a one with the sharp two-edged sword. What does that mean? Two different things that I'm going to say. First thing, the sharp two-edged sword is this, it's the sword of judgment. Jesus Christ is coming back to this earth and he's coming back to judge sin, Okay. Right is right, wrong is wrong, black and white. I mean, there's no middle ground. He's going to come and judge sin. That's the whole reason he went to the cross to die for us. And so that's the whole reason we go to Jesus Christ to accept him into our life is because he gives us the forgiveness of our sin. Why do we need forgiveness? Because there's judgment coming on it, okay? And so the second part, what else does the double-edged sword um Illustrate Well, Hebrews 4.12 says this, that his word is alive and active and is sharper than any what? Two-edged sword. That's right. It cuts between bone and marrow, flesh and spirit. And in other words, I believe right there, that's a description of Jesus saying that my word is what's judging you. In other words, my word is the standard that you should live by. And so he goes on in to say it, and he says this right here. He says, I know that you live in the city where Satan has his throne. What does that mean? Satan has his throne. Pergamum was up a thousand feet uh, above all the other cities, and it was uh, surrounded by four. It was the centerpiece of like four main idol gods, right? And so it was like a center, and one of those gods was a serpent, uh, um, was a, a picture of a serpent. And so it was known as the city of Satan. And so Here's the thing about it, man. It's like Christians living in this place, it's almost like, you know, I, I was reminded of it earlier when I was reading and I was thinking about, you know, Las Vegas. What is it called? I think it's Las Vegas. Yeah, it's the the city, of Sin City or whatever. And it's almost like we live, and that's like us now, we live in a culture that is surrounded around nothing but worldliness, ungodliness, and all that stuff. And so he's saying that. And this is encouraging for you to know. He says, I know that you live in that city. What does that mean? It means he says, I know the temptations you face every day. I know the struggle that it is to fight against flesh. I know what it's like because I've been there myself. Matter of fact, he talks about it in Hebrews 4. Jesus himself says it in uh, uh, 15 through 16. He says this, he says that I empathize with you. I sympathize with you uh, because I was tested and tempted every way you was, yet I did not sin. So he understands and he knows where you're at. So you don't have to fight this battle on your own. So he's telling them, I know where you're at. I know how hard it is. I know the struggle it is to live in the world you're living right now when everything around you is pointing you to sin. He says, but y'all have been remaining loyal. You've been walking this thing out, but there's still some That's compromising. That's where he breaks it down into, he's talking about Balaam and, um, and Balak. Well, back in the Israelites days, uh Balaam was the one who enticed and taught, you know, the Christians and the Israelites to sin that, oh, it's okay to do this. You know, oh, it's okay to do that. And it's kind of like in our life. Listen to me now. That's why it's so important to have this two edged sword right here, the word of God to be your standard. Because if not, you will sit here and compromise because the world says it's good. The world says it's okay. The world says, yes, you can do that. You can do that. And I'm not going to start naming this one and that one. I mean, just let the Holy Spirit speak to you or whatever, but he says this right here. He says, "Yes, yeah, some of them's good. Some of them bad, all these other different things, but here's the thing about it, man. Your standard right here, what the world says is right, man, the Lord says is wrong. What the world says is wrong the Lord says is right. And so you need to have this standard right here. And too many people are compromising. And just allowing. And it's like rationalizing, justifying. Ah, it's okay. It's not hurting nobody. Well, this and that and all these other different things. And he come against his church because they were compromising. Because they were putting other things above God. They were saying it was okay to do this and do that. And he says, stop committing the sexual sins. And they point that out. Because I'm going to say it like this, man. That is one of the biggest things. that's taking people out left and right. Yeah, you may not get no... um. Uh, immediate consequences right then, but I promise you, man, I promise you, sexual sin leads down a devious road, leads down a road of destruction. Man, take yourself right now and bring yourself to the purity of God and allow him to give you purity. And so he He, he keeps talking about and so he says, repent of your sin, repent of your compromise, repent of the things that you're doing wrong because that's what's sending my judgment to the earth. That's what's sending my two-edged sword to the earth is the things of sin. But I love this last part right here. And then I'm going to end it with this. Verse 17. On each one, he also says this. He says, anyone with ears, let let them hear what the Spirit is saying. So I'm saying, don't listen to what Chris is saying. Listen to what the Word is saying with the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, listen to the conviction or the encouragement of what the Lord is speaking to you through that. And then he goes on this. Listen to what the spirit is saying to everyone who is victorious. I will give some of the man the hidden manna from heaven. And I will give each a white stone with a name uh, engraved on it that no one else knows about other than that one. So what is that right there? I believe the manna hidden from heaven is the, the revelation. The re- Has anybody ever gotten the word before? And man, there's just come this refreshment. Man, this revelation, this refreshment over you. I believe that's the thing. He says the ones that do not compromise, man, gets true refreshment. Man, when you hold yourself to the standard of this word, there's true refreshment, there's true renewing, and there's true reviving taking place in your life. And so just take this as a a correction, like as an invitation. Is there compromise going on in your life? Here's the beautiful thing about it. First Corinthians 10, 13, it says, There's no temptation that's overtaking you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He'll not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Then the last part right here. And when you are tempted... Not if, but when. When you are tempted, He will provide a way out so that you can endure it. So allow this letter to the Church of Pergamum of compromise be an invitation for you. If you've been struggling with temptations, if you've been struggling with things and you felt like you've compromised here and there going into this year, whatever the case may be, allow this to be an invitation. The Lord says, "Come to Me, and I will give you a way out of that temptation, so you can endure it." And so, just take that to heart and allow this to be an invitation. As Church Three. And y'all have a great day. God bless.